0: Okay, keep your eyes closed. What I saw is this lion, okay. Bible says Jesus is the lion of Judah and I see him, I see him very clearly. It's like just now he has eaten his prey and I see him on a mountain cliff, okay. And something that appears as a lion but is not a lion that is under his feet. He has one of his claws, one of his paws on that thing and I see him roaring. Okay, and I see the air going through that thing that the lion has, okay. His hair is flowing and the lion, lion is victorious. The lion of Judah is triumphant. The lion of Judah is victorious and his face is against the enemies. The enemy has been overcome. And I see the fierceness in that lion that I see. This is Jesus Christ. And his anger is against everything that is troubling you, that is afflicting you. Okay. He wants you to get this picture. See that thing which is deceiving us as a lion, but it is not a lion. It is under the feet of the true lion, which is the lion of Judah. The enemy that was troubling you, he has been defeated. He has been brought to naught and he has been put under the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is the true lion of Judah. And because I see that, I believe that everything that was troubling us, there is a breakthrough. Okay? In Jesus' name I declare that there is a breakthrough. There is a breakthrough in our lives. And everything that was against us that is put under the feet of the Lion of Judah. So I think this is where we will be starting today. Because last time as we were studying about the devil deceiving us. It says he roars as a lion. But he is not a lion. There is only one lion which is the Lion of Judah. Okay, The true lion who is Jesus Christ. And he is victorious. He is victorious. So, one verse I got here is Numbers 23-24. It says, uh, let me read uh, twenty from 23-23 onwards. It says, Surely there is no enchantment with or against Jacob, neither is there any divination or witchcraft against Israel. In due season and even now it shall be said of Jacob and of Israel, What is this that God has done? What has God wrought? Behold, a people they will rise up as a lioness and lift themselves up as a lion. And he shall not lie down until he devours the prey and drinks the blood of the slain. This is Numbers 23, verse 23 and 24. Therefore, I believe because the lion has been victorious, he has defeated his enemy. And now God is saying that you also should rise up as the lion. So I believe as we discuss the truths of God's word, that this lion that we are, that is in us, it will be rising up and we will stand in our true identity. Stand in that victory that Christ Jesus has given us. So 1 Peter 5, eight, I think it was, which was saying he roars about as a lion. So let us start there. Okay, Let us start there and see. The devil can only deceive. It can put on an appearance. Bible says he comes as an angel of light. So what does he do? Just try to put on an appearance. But it is not the truth. So even in what I was seeing, I was seeing something that is trying to look like a lion, but it is not a lion, it is something else. And it is under the feet of Jesus Christ. And this this devil that people have preached about the devil and exalted devil to such a high state, we will see today that he has been defeated. Okay? He has no power then to deceive us. And the antidote for deception is what? The truth. Jesus is the truth. So once you know the truth, lie has no power over us. So this is a good book by Andrew. I will just... Uh, Use that book for a few things. He's saying, Satan does exist. There is evil in the world. Demonic forces are fighting against God and his kingdom. Prior to the last couple of decades, most of the body of Christ was ignorant of Satan's devices. And then he says how people came through that is not just in Africa or the third world countries where witchcraft is most prevalent, but he was also in other places. And he's saying, what is the difference What is the difference in people thinking that it is somewhere else and it is here? Ignorance. Some things that were happening in people's lives, they thought it was just like a natural accident. Something out of the blue, people thought. But the Bible is saying there are many things that demons inspire, devil inspires. One simple thing could be like this. Now people say, after 30 years, if you get married, you will not have children. Educated man we will think, wow, okay, this is medical science. This is the evolution of man. Maybe this is true. But where is it originating from? Okay, darkness. It is a lie of the devil. So, people who will believe in those things. Ignorantly, they are falling prey to the devil. So, the Bible is saying that, or let me read the ref- reference. Ephesians 6.11 This is what it says. It says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Put on the whole armor of God is saying, and by putting on the whole armor is saying you will stand against the light. So obviously this armor is not a physical armor. Okay, how can you fight lie with a physical sword or physical armor? He's saying that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So the wiles is nothing but cunningness, craftiness, deception. So, Satan's only power is deception. So, the very nature of the armor of God is, let us see the what is the nature of the armor of God. I think it's Ephesians 6, uh, 12 onwards, I think. I'll just read it. Okay, Ephesians uh, from 13 I'll read. Take unto you the whole armor of God, That you may be able to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand. So can you believe this? A war is going on, a battle is raging and he's telling you stand. What would happen if you stand in a I mean natural battle, what would happen? Everyone will surround you and you will be killed. So this battle is not what we see in the natural realm. That's why before this he was saying we don't fight against flesh and blood. Okay? This is not a Human tactic. You don't take actually a, a sword and try to fight with people, try to win with people. And his warfare is completely different. It is not, you're not attacking, going after it, running, hiding, using bullets and nothing, all that. He's saying, take the armor and stand. Even if evil is going around you, take that armor and stand. So, after having done all to stand, he's saying stand, and this is the armor he's describing. He's saying, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, means what? Uh, The amplifier is a little bit easier. is saying, stand therefore, hold your ground, having tightened the belt of truth. Okay, so the part of the armour is truth. Again, what is the truth? Jesus is the truth. How do you know it? It is a, what should I say, doctrine. It is a belief system. It is an understanding. Okay. Truth is not something like literally a belt which you take, but it is a belief system. So, uh, Bible says that you are redeemed from the curse of the law. And the Bible also says every sickness and disease is under the curse of the law. Means what? If you are once redeemed, you don't have to get sick again. It is not, okay, you can get sick in winter season or in summer season. People expect flu in winter season. People expect sunstroke in summer season. But is it lining up with God's word? No, there is not a time that God's word doesn't work. Bible is simply saying every sickness is an effect of the curse of the law or Adam's sin. And you are brought out from that curse. You are redeemed from that curse. Meaning what? You don't have to be afflicted by those things. It doesn't matter if it's winter. It doesn't matter if it's summer. It doesn't matter what your age is. So if you see the word of God. And you believe the word of God. And last time I said about past tense of God's word. Okay. It is not you are healed by stripes. You were healed by stripes. So it is not again and again and again. You were healed. Now what do you do? Stand. How would you stand? Take the truth and stand. I have been healed by the stripes of Jesus. I cannot get sick again. If it tries to come to you. Resist it. Bible says resist the devil. And he will flee. So truth. Knowing the truth. And standing there is an act of warfare. Okay, you don't have to do anything else, just know the truth. So the belt is the truth, he's saying. The part of the armor which is the belt that holds everything together. So if my pant is loose and I don't have belt, it will keep on falling, or keep on slipping down. So the truth is the central point or the main thing to hold you in together. And he's saying, having put on the breastplate of integrity and of moral rectitude and right standing with God, or simple translation is having the breastplate of righteousness. Means it is an armor which is covering from waist up. Okay, it is covering our chest, everything under the head but above the waist. He's saying here you should be having righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness. This righteousness simply means right standing with God. Throughout the New Testament you will see. Okay, being justified by faith. You are now made righteous by grace through faith, by faith in His blood. So this directly talks about condemnation because once you are made righteous, Again, you cannot be made unrighteous. Okay? If while you were a sinner, by doing good, doing good, doing righteous, giving tithes, giving offerings, okay? Giving all the sacrifices, you were not made righteous, now made righteous by one offering forever. Okay? Even if you miss, you are not made unrighteous. So, the enemy's inroad is when you receive condemnation and he tries to tell you, now, because you did this thing wrong, you are not a righteous person now. Now you will have to go apply the blood of Jesus again. Okay? Or ask forgiveness again. This is something like, this is saying, put it on. Don't take it off again. Put it on. Put on this armor and stand. Just standing, we have to do just simple rest or standing is what we can say. So, he's saying, first is what? Truth. Know the truth. What is the truth? You are the righteousness of God. Okay? All the blessings are on the head of the righteous. Another verse says, his ears are open to the righteous. So, this righteousness, consciousness that I am... There is no blame that God, God doesn't put, but there is no blame that the devil can put against you. So when you miss, don't let the enemy accuse you, okay? Stand on the truth. Have that breastplate when it's like an arrow is coming and he wants to condemn you, but here you know the righteousness. That you have this righteousness. You have become the righteousness again. Again, it's not in clothing that we are wearing. If this t-shirt is what makes me righteous, so under it there will be unrighteous. So, this is not like that. In Christ, we have become one. So, Bible says, we are the righteousness of God. Okay? And then it says, the Lord is my righteousness. So, it's like a mixing together. You are the righteousness of God and God is your righteousness. Means one, join together and matter. So, there is no separation. So, He wants you to stand in this truth. And the first main weapon, uh, defensive thing is righteousness. Understanding of righteousness. So, I will read a few verses about righteousness romans chapter 3 because this is very important <coughs> if you allow condemnation sickness disease death poverty misery everything will be open so this this is the breastplate which stops the arrows from coming and piercing your heart so he's saying okay uh, verse 20 romans 320 he's saying by the deeds of the law or the works of the law there will be no flesh made righteous in his sight. Or justified means same making righteous. Meaning what? The law said don't lie, don't steal, don't commit adultery. All these things. Even from childhood, if you have never lied, okay? Never committed adultery, never stolen anything, never did, you did not, never made an idol and worshipped it. It is saying, even if you did all the works of the law, still you are not righteous. Means what? The doing good or avoiding bad is not the system based on which God is counting you righteous. This is what you need to know. If you have fulfilled the law, still you are not counted as righteousness according to this verse. But on the contrary, it is bringing a knowledge of sin. So verse 21 is saying but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested and it is witnessed by the law and by the prophets. And it's saying, okay, this system is not the system God chose to call you righteous, but Separate from the law and modern is separating and saying, separate from the law, without the law, this is the system that will declare you righteous, or this is the thing that will declare you righteous And he's saying this is witnessed by the law and by the prophets. So there are many references that we can go back later sometime maybe, but he's saying this method of saying this person is righteous is already having testimony in the law and in the prophets. And he's saying, even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all. So, a more accurate version here will be by the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. Okay, let me read that again. Listen to it. Even the righteousness of God, which is by the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. Means what this righteousness that is given to us or what we are made. This status is by the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. Not by my faithfulness. I receive it by simply an acknowledgement and surrendering to Jesus that yes, he is is the person who did it. I accept him as my Lord and Savior. But this source, the source is not your faithfulness. The source is not your faith. The source is not my faith. He's saying, even the righteousness of God which is by the faithfulness of Jesus Christ is given to all. And it is upon all. Why? Because there is no difference. Everyone is in the same boat. Everyone has sinned. Everyone has fallen short of the glory of God. Now, what is the glory? Glory simply means Old Testament, New Testament. It means the opinion of God or the estimate that God has for you. So, when I look at my child, I see who he is. I know he's a human being and I know his potential. Okay? I see the my image in him and I know his potential. But the child doesn't know what it is. So, the opinion that the father has, this boy doesn't have it. He has to go and come to that stage. So, he is simply saying they all missed God's plan. They all missed God's purpose. How? Because first man Adam missed it. Everyone else went in the same way. They missed the being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. They missed walking, talking, living like Jesus Christ. So, because they missed it like this. Now, God is saying, I am placing you in this place where you will be counted as the righteousness of God. And He's saying, saying, how, how is it happening? Being justified freely. First point is freely. Okay? Justified freely. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to repent for it. You don't have to do anything for it. It is free by His grace. Second point is grace. Okay? Freely by His grace and mother Telguloh it says Uchitanga Ayana Krupa Valana Uchitanga Just freely by the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Kristu Nandunna Three points. Freely, grace and redemption. See, none of these things are based on us. We are not the person giving it free. We are not the person who is giving grace. We are not the person accomplishing the act of redemption. It's Him, Him, Him. All about Him. So, if you are righteousness today, it's not about you. It is about Him and what He did for you. Okay? Righteousness. Today, if you are righteousness, we have not done anything to be counted righteousness. It is a state that God has given to us. He's saying, who God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood. To declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Simply saying, uh, when you place faith in Jesus Christ, you come to that knowing that God has declared you righteous. God has made you righteous. In the past, He forgave sins. Even people were committing sins, but He was closing His eyes on the sins. But now, He's not just forgiving sins, He's making you righteous. Okay? There is a difference between just forgiven and being righteous. So you are not just forgiven or a forgiven sinner, you are a righteous person who is free from sin. Amen? So say it, I am a righteous person. Come on, you have to speak it because confession I will, I will actually go home tomorrow, I will put a teaching on confession and upload it. You will know how to confess and meditate and renew the mind. So let's say it, I am a righteous person. A righteous person. Free from sin. Free from sin. I am not a forgiven sinner. If I am a forgiven sinner, I am not a righteous person. So, there are two categories, forgiven sinner and a righteous person who is free from sin. So, we are in the second category, we are righteous and we are free from sin. To declare, I say that at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him who believes in Jesus, so he's simply saying, by you believing in Jesus, you are coming to this awareness that you are righteous. You are the righteousness of God, because now is not making you righteous. As we go on, we will know this that it happened back then. We were saved back then when Jesus died. Okay, you were declared righteous when Jesus Christ died. You were declared holy when Jesus died, and you died when Jesus died. So it is not now and matter, It is past, past, past on the cross in Him, in Christ Jesus. So it is all a past tense event, but can be experienced now. So next verse: Where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law of works? No, but by the law of faith. So he's saying, how can I be so sure? It is saying because there is a law of faith. Okay, just like there is a law which cannot be broken, gravity cannot be broken. It is a law. It is constant. It is consistent everywhere. He's saying there is a law of faith. And this law of faith says something. He's saying, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. So simply you looking to Jesus and accepting that is an act of faith. And he's saying, a man is simply made righteous by faith. Okay, separate from the works of the law. Means what? You don't have to do one good thing to be counted righteous. But if you understand you are righteous, Good works will be your natural lifestyle. Okay? All this is saying, finally Paul is saying, I am passing this judgment. This is the judgment. A man is declared righteous, separate from the law. Means what? The law and the works of the law has nothing to do with you called righteous. So he's saying, tie everything, all the garment, hold it together by the truth. And this armor which is protecting the heart, the chest is righteousness. So, know that you are righteous and you cannot become not righteous. So, never let the devil condemn you and tell you you are a sinner. Not a sinner forgiven. Okay, if you are still a sinner forgiven, you are still like the Old Testament people. They were forgiven, but they were not righteous. But now, we are the righteousness of God and murder. So, what is the next uh, armor that is saying? Next element of the armor, let us see that. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Uh, in Amplified says, having, you, having shod your feet in preparation to face the enemy with a firm-footed stability, the promptness, the readiness produced by the gospel of peace. So it's saying, Okay, let me slowly read that again. The Amplified is saying something like this. Having your feet shod in preparation to face... Yeah, 614, 15 having your feet shod in preparation to face the enemy with a firm-footed stability, the promptness, the readiness produced by the good news of the gospel of peace. So, Bible is saying now, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Meaning what? God is not our enemy. We saw that already. God did not forsake us. God did not judge Jesus, but He judged sin, broke sin. And now He has brought us back to this face-to-face relationship with God. So he's saying, your feet should be ready. Ready with what? With the preparation that gospel is bringing you. What is the gospel saying? God is not your enemy. God has reconciled you. God has forgiven you. God has declared you righteous. Now you turn back to God, is what the gospel is declaring to you. And when you believe that, you are the righteousness of God. Now he's saying, you need to be established, okay? You, your feet should be grounded and firmly placed in this realization that there is peace between you and God. When you miss, God is not getting angry at you. God is not throwing you away and saying first repent and come back. Okay? What is he saying? If you are in need, come freely and boldly to the throne of grace. Come freely and boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy. Mercy. Mercy is what? When you have done something wrong, just for our understanding, not giving you what you deserve is mercy, what people say. And grace is giving you what you don't deserve. Okay, so if someone murdered someone, so God not punishing them is an act of mercy. But God put a mark on Cain and said, I will protect you. Again, that is grace. So he's saying, not only there is forgiveness protection, but there is provision also. So he's saying, now you realize that there is peace between you and God, because our hearts constantly condemn us in different things. And when we go to prayer also, sometimes we may feel, okay, there is yet something to do. Maybe I have to repent for something ask forgiveness for something ask forgiveness for missing this thing so he's saying no the gospel of peace should make your feet firm your feet should not move front and back if you're standing there you have to stand there like he's saying stand there for so the feet is supported by the gospel of peace god and you there is peace now between you and god where is it in your heart you realize god is not my enemy you realize god is such a loving father he received the prodigal son he did not punish the prodigal son When he spent the entire inheritance and when he came back, the father ran to the son. The son did not run to the father. The father hugged the son. The son was not the one initiating the thing. And the father showered kisses on the son. And he said, what? On those dirty feet, he said, get the best sandals. Okay? He might be spelling of the pigs. And he said, put the best robe. He didn't say, go and clean first. And he said, put the best ring on him. So, that is the stability the gospel should give you, okay? That never God is going to forsake you. Never is He shunning you. Never is He sending you away. And this peace between you and God is where you need to live. Just this realization that I am highly favored by God. I am highly accepted by God. This is the peace. So, you need to know there is peace between you and God. And nothing can take away this peace. Why? There is no condemnation. The enemy can ac- accuse you. But this breastplate of righteousness should be able to stop the accusation, knowing that you are righteous. From that position, Romans 5, 1 says, now being justified or being made righteous by faith, we have peace with God. So you need to be abiding in this place that, yes, God loves me. Okay? There is this peace relationship between me and God. Nothing is going to condemn me. Nothing is going to put me away, thrust me away. So you need to be established in that relationship Okay, just acceptance, just that God accepts you, God approves of you, God loves you, you are God's beloved. So these two things and what else is he saying? Take the helmet of salvation. So again, salvation we all know once we believe on Jesus Christ, we enter into the experience of salvation. So salvation normally means deliverance from something. So when you were born again, you were delivered from the kingdom of darkness and planted in the kingdom of God. You were delivered from the sin nature and given the righteousness of God. Made this righteousness of God. New nature and matter. So, the helmet of salvation simply means this helmet is able to deliver you from anything. So, most lethal blow can come to the head. But it's saying, do you understand that there is salvation in Jesus Christ? Okay. If you understand that there is salvation in no other name but the name of Jesus Christ and no matter what the situation is, this salvation is there. Whatever situation you are facing, he is the deliverer. So the helmet of deliverer or deliverance gives you the assurance that sickness, disease, death, poverty, whatever is coming, this helmet is able to protect you. Okay? There is deliverance. So salvation again is an understanding of what God has done for us. It is a spiritual reality. But understanding what God has done for you is going to give you the application. And then finally, the one thing you see here is the sword of the spirit. So, all this we can say are defensive things, but this one thing is like an offensive thing. He's saying the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Jesus is described as something like this. He says, there is a sword coming out of his mouth. It is a two-edged sword. And with that sword, he slays his enemies. So, this is the same thing. The word of God, Hebrews 4.12 says, is alive. Full of power, full of energy, full of life. And it is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it pierces even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, thoughts and the intents of the heart. So he's saying, how do you do that? You just stand there and speak the word of God. That's it. You don't fight. I don't fight. You don't have to back off because your feet are firmly in the gospel of peace. You don't have to back off when an assault comes from the enemy. And you have this righteousness that condemnation does not come in. And this salvation of, helmet of salvation makes sure that you are delivered from every affliction that is coming to you. Okay? Helmet of deliverance for our understanding. Deliverance, deliverance, deliverance. In every situation, deliverance. Paul says, 2 Corinthians 2.14 God causes us to triumph always. He always leads us into victory. Paul said, okay, I was afflicted in every way. But out of all my afflictions, God delivered me. So there is not one affliction that you will go through that God cannot deliver you. So have that helmet on. Okay, no. There is no situation that is impossible for God. That there is a way out of everything. Everything. People thought death was the last thing, but that is also defeated now. Paul died many times and he rose again. Paul brought to life many people. One person was listening to his sermon in Acts and he fell down. Okay, what would normally people do? Okay, he died. Bad luck. His time came. People say, time of chindipadu. So there is no time of death. There was one appointment. Jesus died and met that time of death. Okay? Manakunna appointment lo Jesus aa appointment mat. He died the death that was appointed for us. We will learn about that also. Death is defeated. So he's simply what understanding what God has done for us. The whole armour of God is understanding, knowing what God has done for us and standing there. And when something comes to you, speak. Why do you have to speak? Again, last time I just I'll just simply brief it. Deception is the only power that the devil has. Deception. Okay. We don't even know how many areas we are deceived. So, knowing the truth is overcoming deception. So, the word of God is very important for us. So, when Adam and Eve initially were there, okay, God said, I give you authority over everything, okay, the flying birds, beast of the earth, whatever is in the sea, and the whole earth I give you have dominion over it. It was not conditions, okay, there were no conditions. He just made this man, just imagine it, you are not in existence, and you open your eyes, and you see God telling you and saying, You are lord over all the earth. To simply say that. okay, All the earth belongs to you. Rule over the earth. These animals, they belong to you. Rule over them. These birds, they belong to you. Rule over them. Whatever you see in the seas, they are under your feet. You are supposed to rule over these things, reign over these things. Tell them what to do. Tell these trees what to do. Tell the ground what to do. So, he came into existence with this dominion consciousness. Then, you see, Satan came or the serpent came, the Bible says. He didn't come... With a big dinosaur or an elephant. And he didn't try to scare Adam and Eve. Okay. They are the person with all the authority. And everything now. Everything under the earth is under Adam. And he comes. And the only chance he has is to deceive. Not overpower. Okay. Not overpower. Not force. Deceive. That's what Bible says. Eve was deceived. Eve was not taken over by the enemy. He was not forced by the enemy into submission. Deceived. So did not uh Satan did not have the power to make Adam and Eve do anything. If he had the power, he would have done it. So, how did he have to come? He had to come through deception and he had to allow them by their free will to fall into that temptation. Okay, fall into that trap and do that thing. Then what happened? So the moment he did that, there was an open door. Okay. So the moment Adam and Eve did this, Bible says. Uh, Romans chapter it says the whole creation was subjected to corruption or futility, wasteness not by its own will but because of him who subjected it God didn't subject it Adam subjected it on Mars so whatever happened to Adam happened to everything that was under Adam So the death that came to Adam passed through all creation that's why everything is dying now ok then after that once Adam got tuned to the voice of the serpent it was a lifestyle again. It was a process. He did not know how to die. He had to learn how to die for the next 900 years. There was no record of death in Adam. He had to understand what is death. Then the information is passed through the whole body. And later on, later on, 900 years after Adam died. So, Adam and lived in a place where there was perfection. They could not be tempted with anything. Okay? They could not be tempted with money or anything. Any glory. There was no other glory. They were relationship with God, face to face with God. They saw the glory, but still, whatever reason that happened, so the perfect people fell just for one reason. They did not believe they were in the image of God. Okay, this is this is main point. This is very very important. If you if we understand this, our life can get changed. Okay, they wanted to be more like God. It is not a bad desire. But there was nothing more like God that they could get by doing what God told them not to do. Okay, God said don't eat of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But because they heard a voice and they questioned God's word. And they judged that God is holding back something from them. And they decided no we will do this thing. In that act they pursued something which they already had. Okay, Now it could be like this. People talk about double anointing. Okay, this is after the cross now. Before the cross, maybe they might have been, we don't know, because they did not have the fullness of the Spirit of God resident in them all the time. But now, Christ is in you. Okay, Bible said, John chapter 3, uh, yeah, 1 1, to 3, John chapter 1 to 3, it says, The Spirit came on Jesus, and the word there means like this, it made a home. Okay, the Spirit made a dwelling place on jesus and it recited never to go again on the prophet spirit came spoke went spirit came spoke went that's why they used to say spirit of the lord is upon me thus says the lord spirit came went but in jesus the word clearly says that the spirit descended made home and made his dwelling place in jesus now that jesus is in us okay if the anointed one is in you then you are also anointed so how can there be a double anointing? Okay. How can there be a double portion? So now for us to go to a meeting where people say I will anoint you or double portion anointing we are doing exactly what Adam did. Okay. It is very very prevalent in the body of Christ. That's why people are weak, sick and dying in different things. That's why people are still not manifesting the fullness of Christ. So we don't know that that is a deception. We thought because the Bible said okay Elisha said I want a double portion we thought that's a good motivation but what was good in the old is blasphemy in the new seriously it's a blasphemy in the new so if the fullness of God is in me then I cannot ask God fill me fill me fill me how can I ask like that okay Colossians chapter 2 verses 9 and 10 says in Jesus the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in Jesus and now you you are in Jesus and you are made full Okay? You are in Jesus. Jesus is in you. It's a union. You are full. So how can you ask for more faith? If you understand one thing, all the doctrines of devils will be, will be demonized. They will keep on falling down. Okay? Cannot ask for more anointing. Cannot ask for more power. Cannot ask for more what you call that uh, fullness of God. So if you are already in the presence of God, then how can you say that you are going into the presence of God? Okay? All this is what? Demonic deception. We may not want to acknowledge it, but it is simply a demonic deception. The devil is putting you into this trap where you keep on asking, keep on seeking the same thing that you already have. Adam made that mistake. So, I believe by the grace of God, we will not do that mistake from this day forth. Okay? In Jesus, all distance, okay, all separation, all lack has been taken away. In Jesus, you are brought to this place where you are full and you have nothing more to do. Okay? You cannot be more like God. You cannot be more like Jesus. You cannot be more like anything. But what has to happen is a realization. That you are. Bible also says as he is. So I am in this world now. So. Philemon 1, 8, 1 6. 1.6. Let's read that once. Philemon one six. See the Amplified is saying like this. I pray that the participation in and sharing of your faith may produce and promote full recognition, appreciation, understanding and precise knowledge of every good thing that is ours in our identification with Jesus Christ and unto his glory. So if you heard Andrew teach, because we have been from CBC, this is simply saying, if you know what you have, that will bring it into manifestation. Okay? The communication means what? Participation, sharing. What am I sharing in if someone is sick? I am sharing in healing. If I am sick and I know the truth, I am sharing in the healing that Jesus already purchased for me. And I am entering into the healing that Jesus already had. So if Jesus became sick, there was also a time he was healed of the sickness and he became healed. Jesus died and there was a time when he rose from the death and became alive forevermore. So he's saying if you understand Jesus became sin, but then he is the righteousness of God. So he shifted from being sin to being the righteousness of God. So it's all one act and matter. One instance, all these things happen. Just for our understanding, we are dividing it, breaking it, trying to understand like bits and pieces. But it is one act, and he's saying, How will your faith be operative? By acknowledging. What is acknowledging? Agreeing with the reality and matter. So if someone calls me now and asks me, where are you? And I say, I am in Malkajgiri. That is an acknowledgement. The truth is, I am in Malkajgiri and I am telling them the truth. So, simply a confession. This is what confession is. An affirmation. Acknowledging what is in you. So, what do I acknowledge? The word of God says, he became sin, who knew no sin, that I might be made the righteousness of God. Therefore, I will acknowledge, I am the righteousness of God. So, this is acknowledgement. One scripture. I am the righteousness of God. Why? Because he became sin. As surely as he was made sin. I have become the righteousness of God. Okay. He became cursed in my behalf. And I am blessed with the blessing of Abraham. This is acknowledgments, agreeing with the scripture. Again. You cannot be blessed with anything new. Okay. God has not one blessing he can give you now. Why? Ephesians 1.3 says. He has blessed you with all. All means what? Everything and matter. Nothing is left out. So how can we ask for God for a new blessing? We can't ask it. If you step into the new creation realities, in Christ realities, as uh, Andrew says, prayer will only be a communion with God, only appreciation of what God has done. All our asking, begging will be no more. So how do you walk in it? You just know, you just see what Christ did for you and constantly you keep that in mind, you live in that reality, you agree with that. I am the righteousness of God. Then, by His stripes I have been healed. By the stripes of Jesus I have been healed. What am I doing? I am acknowledging. I am acknowledging a reality. Just because now I am confessing it is not making it like that. I am confessing it because the Bible says it is. Okay, it is the truth. I am seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus on the right hand of God. Okay, I am seated in Christ on the right hand of God. I am seated in Christ on the right hand of God. Acknowledging. This is how we acknowledge. Take a word from the Bible. Speak it, speak it, speak it, see it, feel it, speak it until you are sure. You need to move from the place of just reading to knowing and matter. You need to know without a doubt that this is the truth. So this is what acknowledging is. So in this acknowledging what can we do? We can speak, speak, speak. Then we can just relax and see what it is saying. See yourself sitting at the right hand of God. See all the things putting under your feet. Already made under your feet. See that all these things are at your obedience. Why? Because we have the authority in Christ Jesus. Then what what else does it say? Have the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Ephesians 1.19 says that. So what do you say? Now I have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Speak it out. Speak it out. There will be conflict. He will say, no, no, no. It is not true. No, it is not true. No, you are sick. No, it is not true. That's the voice. Of the, what what should I say? The five senses. But the five senses is not the highest reality, highest truth. Spirit is the right reality. Spirit is the highest truth. So, that is how you use the sword of the spirit. Speak God's word. Speak God's word. Speaking God's word is using the sword of the spirit. So, if you see that, it is all about a doctrine. It is all about understanding what Christ has done. How would you put on the armor? Seeing and knowing what Christ did for you. Seeing and knowing what Christ has already done for you. So there is no more begging to God, no more pleading to God, no more asking to God to come down. Okay? People take from the Old Testament say, God, tear the heavens and come down. He came in Jesus. And He went again. And He did not go alone. You are also there. So if He has to come down, you also have to come down. So a shift of understanding, a shift of, what should I say, reality is what we need today. So, we, we understood that the devil has been defeated and the only thing he can do to you is deceive you. So, whatever area you are facing problems in, know that you are ignorant in that area. If you are not experiencing victory in a certain area, we are ignorant of what Christ has done pertaining to that area. We don't know what, what he has done there. The, search the scripture. Okay? Pray in tongues. Ask for interpretation. Ask for revelation. All you need is a word from God. All you need is a revelation of what he has already done. So knowing the truth is again resisting the devil. When will you resist? When you know that this is not right. When you know this is not not the devil's portion but this healing is my portion and no evil spirit Gani. no unbelief Gani. no things of the world. Nothing can separate me from my inheritance. Once you get to that place of knowing then you will start resisting those things. So I will read out a few things that I have underlined here. The battle is between your ears. Means in your mind. The battle is in your mind. The battle is between your ears, in your mind. It is only the thoughts. The devil is a non-factor to those who know and understand the truth. So, the devil has zero power. Zero power except deception. The devil is a non-factor to those who know and understand the truth. Satan is an absolutely defeated foe. He has zero power to do anything. All he can do is try to deceive you through what? Through wiles, through cunningness, through craftiness, through lies. And then use the very power you give him and bring it against you. So medical science or the carnal knowledge is a very dangerous thing or an evil thing we can say. So what should I say now? There there can be many examples. So, John G. Lake's time, there was a plague there, some kind of a fear of malaria or something, we don't know what it is. People were dying. And the doctors, because they have this medical knowledge, they were saying, we have to put a mask, we have to have a gloves, and we have to have an inoculation, injection. Only then we can go and help anyone. So, they had all this, but John G. Lake did not have those things. And the doctors believe that these germs can jump into their bodies and attack them. That is what natural knowledge Cardinal knowledge. But this person, John G. Lake, knew a spiritual principle. What is that? First thing is what? A righteous man. In the path of a righteous man, there is no death. Okay, there is a scripture which says that. So you are righteous. In your path, there is no death. So you should not be accepting death. Every sickness, disease is a baby form of death. It leads to death and murder. If there is no immunity in our body, a simple cold, a simple fever can lead you to death. But by the grace of God, there is immunity and murder. Resistance. That proves the will of God. When it cuts, your body immediately rushes to seal it. It doesn't matter if you're the worst sinner, okay? Rapist, murderer, stealer, anyone that does the same thing, proving the grace of God is same for the for everyone. Okay? He makes the sun to shine on the just and the unjust. That's what he's saying. So that proves the will of God. Healing, life, life is the will of God. Death is not the will of God. Sickness, disease, poverty is not the will of God. So, John Gillek knew the truth. They knew a carnal reality. So, he worked in the midst of that thing, but it never affected John Gillek. Finally, they questioned him. How is it possible? He said, the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. And if that germ touches my body, it will die. So, the spiritual reality brought forth a physical demonstration. That is what? Truth and matter. Knowing the truth. But if you fear, if you fear about something like what you were talking about the other day, if when I am praying for someone, I believe this thing, that that can jump on me, that is the door that you have opened. That is not the knowledge of God, that is the knowledge of the devil. He has trained us, he has programmed us in such a way, that we believe those things. And he's saying, the only thing he can do is deceive you. That is why ignorance is so expensive. Ignorance is so expensive. Ignorance can cost you your life. Ignorance can cost you a relationship. So what she was saying, strife, spirit of strife, So, first thing the devil wants to do is break a family. So, in God's eyes, a family is not the whole family. Husband and wife is a family. Main That is the thing and mother. So, once you get separated, uh, married, what does the Bible say? Man shall leave his father and mother. Husband and wife, wife will be one. Wife also leaves the father and mother and they both become one. So, in God's relationship now, the true bonding is between husband and wife. So, if anything comes... Anything comes. According to God's word, you should be willing to separate from the parental lineage. umbilical cord, just like a baby is born. And unless you cut the cord, baby cannot learn to survive by itself. That does not mean we don't respect our parents. But you are in a relationship now which cannot be cancelled. Matthew chapter 19, Jesus said, From the beginning he made only one man, one woman. And now they are joined and made one flesh. No one can separate them. Then why did Moses allow divorce? They asked him. And he said, because of your hard-heartedness. Because people were so hard-hearted, they wanted, wanted, wanted. And they pestered God, or pestered Moses. He had to give that thing, but that is not the will of God. So for every believer who is married, divorce should never be an option. Andrew Jamie says the same thing. We, We fought many times, but we never considered it an option. So you need to take a commitment, okay? People who are married, take commitment in the presence of God, that no matter what happens, divorce will never be the option that we will go for. It is like how can a body part be cut off? It cannot. They are one one body and matter. One body one spirit. So the devil will come the first place where this relationship he will try to break the relationship of husband and wife. Especially people in the ministry. You may be tempted but if you know the truth they will come but they will not be penetrating your heart and matter. Love and forgiveness. What you see in Jesus Christ is what we need to give to each other. Okay. No one hates his own body is what it says. So, Jesus does, doesn't hate the believers. So, a husband cannot hate his wife. What you do, you nourish. You cherish. And if there is a flaw in the wife, the husband is supposed to nourish it. Not the flaw. Nourish them out of the flaw in mark. Washing off the water. So, that's in Ephesians chapter 5. You can check it out. Okay. So, he's saying, ignorance is expensive. The goal is to keep you ignorant of the truth and believe his lies. Notice all the words... Denoting deceptive practices, beguiled, subtility, corrupted. So one, one verse is 2 Corinthians eleven three. 3, it is saying, Paul is telling the believers of Corinthians, he's saying, I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrected from the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus. He's saying, He will come, and He will try to corrupt your mind. Okay? Because we, we are in the world, the mind is already corrupted but now through god's word we need to renew our mind and he's saying he will try to corrupt your mind from what from the simplicity simplicity that is in christ the gospel is simple god is simple the things of the spirit are simple but he will try to make it complicated make it so difficult so difficult like i said hebrews when i got saved they said you cannot read hebrews no one can understand hebrews but it's a simple book that sets you free then he's saying Okay, when uh, Adam and Eve, the devil came, he challenged God's word. He made them question God's word and he made them to second guess God's word. So, this is the fact, okay? You got born again, you came to Jesus, I came to Jesus from a Hindu background. If the devil could not stop me from being born again, if the devil could not stop me from accepting Jesus as Lord and receiving the greatest blessing which is being born again, he can't stop anything else. If he could stop anything, he should have stopped that thing. That proves the devil is powerless. He can try to argue with you and tell you if you believe in Jesus, then your family will forsake you. If you believe in Jesus, there may be persecution. So he will try to reason and stop you, but he cannot stop you because he has no power. Satan cannot do anything without your consent and cooperation. So everything that is happening bad in our lives, somewhere we have agreed with it. So when we were about to get married, Because Srojana has a stepmom, She brought her friend and made her prophesy and say within one year you will get divorced. So because we knew the truth. She immediately on her face. She said I cancel that I rebuke that. I cancel that in Jesus name. That will not happen. That did not happen in our lives. But if she accepted that prophecy and believed that prophecy. That is an agreement. Agreement with the devil. We don't know what have happened. But. Don't agree with any negative that anyone can speak over your life. It could be a dream. It could be the Bible also. Okay, you can take Old Testament scriptures and say no one knows God's will. That is not true. In New Testament, by the Spirit, we know God's perfect will. So God, the devil can speak you through anything. It doesn't also have to be the devil. The programming that we have in our mind, okay, that may sometimes bring certain things. So people who have a broken family, They constantly live in fear, expecting that this new family may also get those things. So sometimes dreams also arise from the hidden fears that we have. So not every dream is prophetic. Okay. Not every dream is prophetic. But if something is revealed to you, no. Life is God's will. Okay. Union, success. That thing is God's will. So the dream, if it is revealing negative to you, cancel it in Jesus Christ's name. Okay. Use the authority that God gave you. Bind that. Okay, You can just say, I bind this dream, it shall not come to pass in Jesus' name. So you need to know, sometimes God reveals to redeem. Okay, God does not reveal and tell you this is what it is going to happen. Ezekiah, God comes to Ezekiah, Isaiah chapter 38 and says, you are going to die, put your house in order. Okay, Whatever you need to do, do it because you are going to die. Some people, if you stop there, may say, this is God's will, no one can change it. But then Bible says Hezekiah turned around and he cried with bitter tears and he said God see this is how I have lived I have done all these righteous acts in your sight then God made Isaiah who was already going out to turn back and come and tell him God has seen your tears God has heard your prayers and I am increasing 15 years of your life meaning what? It was a natural consequence he was going to die, God just revealed something so a revelation or a uh, revealing something that is going to happen does not necessarily mean it is God's will God is showing you this is what going to happen based on current circumstances. Now you have the choice. Okay, You have the freedom in Christ Jesus. You have the name of Jesus to cancel it. To make it come in alignment with God's will. So just because if you see or hear something negative doesn't mean that is God's will. You have the power of choice. He placed death and life before the Israelites and said choose life. Okay. So don't be deceived on those. That's how demons work. Andrew actually said that when he was growing initially, a prophet came and prophesied to him saying, God is going to put you into some kind of sickness. For eight years you will be in coma and God will not allow you to read the Bible. He was prophesying saying this is what God is saying. So when he said God will not allow you to read the Bible, Andrew understood that this is not from God. And he was a known prophet, known preacher. And he stood up in the midst and said, I reject this in Jesus name. They came out of the church because of that, because they could not stay there. But he said, if I agreed with that that day, you would have never heard about me. So, no matter who is speaking, if it is not lining up with God's word, not lining up with life principle, don't agree with it. Naveen, he posted the prayer request, right? So, he called me and he said, "Uh, this is what has happened. Doctors say he cannot live anymore. They, They have given up their hand. They said, we can't do anything. So, I just simply said, same thing. Jesus died. In that man's behalf, Jesus died. And I just prayed. And immediately he said, No. I said, I saw this picture, I saw in my dream, I had a vision. I saw Dandalesha and a photo. <laughs> I said, what does that mean? We just prayed and Jesus' word reveals that he died in his behalf. We have power to cancel death. And I just affirmed him and I told him, meditate on the word. You should not see that. If you are seeing and agreeing with that picture, we don't know what's going to happen. So I rebuked him and he said, I corrected myself. And by the time, this is when they were traveling from that place to Vizag. By the time they reached Vizak, doctor said this is not a serious case. But if Navin had agreed that, and if I had to agree, okay, then it may be God's will. He would have died, we don't know. But you should know the truth. So if you know the truth, you will cancel the negativity or the lie of the enemy. So he's saying the key to seeing manifest in your life, oh, the truth is you have already everything, but the key to seeing manifest in your life, what you have in the spirit, is believing and acknowledging what you already have. That's what I said, acknowledging confession of God's word. Satan aims his warfare in your mind, in your flesh. Meaning what? Symptoms. He will say, see, because you have pain, you are not healed. But that is not the truth. The word says that is the truth. It targets your understanding and acknowledging of who you are and what you have in Christ. Meaning what? If you are a baby, you don't know the truth in Christ. He will trap you there and keep you trapped there. So knowing the truth is very important. So if you are not growing in the things of God means you are going back. Okay, Simply understand if you are not progressing you are going back. So there has to be a progress. All he has that is the devil is lies and deception. The devil does not have any more power to make you fail in any area of your life than he had to make Adam and Eve fail. Adam and Eve. He has to deceive you to get inroad into your life. Satan lied to Adam and Eve By saying you don't have it all together. Same thing I said. You cannot become righteous. If you try to become righteous. Same temptation you are falling as Adam and Eve felt. If you try to get more fullness of God. More Holy Spirit. More anointing. You are falling for the same temptation that Adam felt. A talking snake convinced them that they did not have enough. So not having enough. That understanding. okay? I am desperate for you. Fill me. Fill me. I am hungry for you. I am thirsty for you. Same Adamic falling. Okay. Jesus said, he who comes to me shall never hunger, shall never thirst. He who eats of this bread shall never hunger. So there is no hunger now, but an acknowledgement that he is in you. If you have been born again, you have everything. You are complete in Christ Jesus. The battle against the devil is waged in your thoughts. That's why God's word is so essential. Satan only have the power of deception. He lies and he represents himself as more powerful than he is. But the truth is, the antidote to deception. Notice now that the warfare is against the thoughts, against the imaginations, against the strongholds, against the knowledge that come against the word of God. And this is, these all are processes of our mind. Now it could be that you are going outside and one vehicle is coming fast and this picture will come into your mind of an accident. Okay? Or it could be uh, different things. Suddenly you may get some image. Cast it down. So I'll read that. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 3 to 5. This is how the sword of the Spirit is to be used. Yeah, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 to 5. I will read that. He's saying, Though we walk in the flesh, we are not carrying our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. Or in the KJV, he says, Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. So, walking in the flesh and walking after the flesh are two different things. Walking in the flesh simply means, I am in this physical body and I am living on the earth. And I am doing things in the physical body. Simply that, that's what it is, walking in the flesh. They? Walking after the flesh, walking after the mindset of the fallen mankind. Walking after the flesh, walking in the flesh is different. Walking after the flesh is walking in sin nature, walking in fallen mindset, walking after the desires of the flesh, walking after what? Every evil thing that uh, comes into our mind. So he's saying, we are not fighting according to physical weapons. Why? Because the weapons of our warfare are not physical or carnal, but they are mighty. Through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, what is the stronghold? Because if I was growing up initially, people told me that there are strongholds and demonic powers somewhere. Okay? You have to go and demolish that thing. But here it is saying, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty to the pulling down of strongholds and it describes what is the stronghold. Okay? Because just, just imagine if Paul is talking about physical strongholds, okay? Physical centers of evil and immediately he says, casting down imagination. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, it doesn't make sense. So, in the context, he's saying, this is the stronghold. This is what a stronghold is. It is what? Imagination and everything that is exalting itself against the knowledge of God and bringing it into captivity. Every thought, again thought. See, imagination, thought, knowledge. Three things are described in warfare. So what are you fighting against? You are fighting against thoughts that are coming into your mind. You are fighting against this knowledge that the world is giving you. okay? Cardinal knowledge, cardinal world. Whatever it is giving you, you are fighting against that knowledge. And he's is saying, and casting down imagination. So what I said is, if you get this imagination or that image comes to you that an accident is going to happen. Or something may come and hit you. Or sometimes some dog may come across your vehicle. Cast it down. You can speak it. I cast down that imagination. So don't let that imagination go and see. Okay, If it is coming to your mind, don't let it be fulfilled. Don't see yourself having an accident. Don't see yourself having a sickness and disease. If that imagination is coming, cast it down. Because imagination is birthing forth your experience. Imagination is very, 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 very important. Imagination is the creative ability that God has given us. That is where you are conceiving things and matter. Sin is conceived in imagination. Death is conceived in imagination. Everything. So how is an imagination coming? It is coming based on some knowledge that we have. So the weapon of God is to cast down imagination, demolish the knowledge that the world is giving you and take every thought captive into the obedience of Christ. Let us read that phrase there. It doesn't mean your obedience. It doesn't mean mine obedience. See how the phrase is there. This is an area that the devil has deceived many, like people. Yeah, to the obedience of Christ. Okay, let's read Philippians chapter two. Keep uh, keep that reference. Also, we'll come back to it. Philippians chapter two, verse eight. He's saying, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death one purpose Jesus came that in that death he might destroy death while he is dying that he might take sin and destroy sin so the obedience is talking about is obedience of Christ this is his obedience, he died for you, he died for me so it is not depending on your obedience it, is, it does not mean that when you obey Christ you cast down all these things no, because it is all what? it is a doctrine, it is a philosophy it is a thought, it is something that you are hearing so take heed what you are hearing so, when you hear that, take it to the obedience of Christ. So, if you get a dream tomorrow and it says, after one year you will die. Take that to the obedience of Christ. Hebrews 2.9 says, he died, he tasted death for every man. It was appointed for men once to die. And Jesus died in our behalf. Okay? If it, you get some thought, people may tell you that this, if you are coughing, coughing, coughing. And someone tells you this is that thing. No, take it to the obedience of Christ. I am redeemed from every sickness and disease. Why? He became a curse. Every sickness is under the curse of the law. Moreover, he took our sicknesses. He carried our pains. By his stripes I have been healed. So it is a philosophy that we need to come up with. Philosophy in the sense of belief system. So, just like the world has trained us into a belief system. Now we need to come into the belief system of the word of God. The word of God also has a doctrine. The doctrine of Christ. The Bible says, Hebrews 6 also says that. It is a basic doctrine, okay, where He entered into our suffering. He suffered, and we suffered with Him. And because He entered into our suffering and suffered with Him, now we enter into His glory and reign with Him. Okay, that's a great statement. He entered into our suffering and suffered with Him. What were you suffering? Okay, separation from God. Could be sickness, could be depression. He entered those things, He experienced those things, and He put an end to suffering. Because we are united in the suffering, now we are also united in His resurrection, in His reign, in His glorification. So it's like He came down, He lifted us and took us back with Him on the right hand of God. So this is how you do it. This is all spiritual warfare is. It's very simple. Focus on Christ. Hebrews, Hebrews which chapter is it? 12, chapter 12 verses 2 says, Look unto Jesus. Okay, if something is troubling you, look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Means what? The source of your faith. And the person where your faith comes to completion. He is the person who is birthing the faith. He is the person who is finishing and bringing it to maturity. Jesus. Okay. Only one thing. See Jesus. See Jesus. He is the answer for everything. So the greatest spiritual warfare is seeing Jesus, understanding what he has done and acknowledging that thing. Use the sword of the word of God. How do you cast it down? You speak the word of God. How do you demolish that stronghold in your mind? Word of God. Word of God is like a hammer. Jeremiah says it breaks the pieces. Okay, breaks the rock into pieces. It's like a fire that consumes the wood. So I cannot overemphasize the understanding of the Word of God. The Word of God is what will bring you into a revelation of new things. The new life, the resurrection life that we already have will start experiencing that once we start acknowledging what we already have. So resurrection does not start without dying. Okay, if there is a resurrection, there also has to be one death. So, in the coming weeks, we are going to start understanding that we died with Christ Jesus. Okay, we died a death and you were in that tomb. Okay, mind may not be able to understand. You were in that grave that Jesus Christ was. You have already met your appointment with death. Okay, you are already buried with Jesus Christ and you are already raised again with Jesus Christ. So now God expects and demands of us that we walk in the resurrection life, not as mere men, as Corinthians says, not as just men. There is men and there there is sons of God. So God wants us to step into this aspect where we are sons of God. So I will stop it for here today because one hour I have preached. Let us try to keep it to one hour so that you can listen to it again easily. So, one thing I will deal with in the next week is there was a parade, okay demons, devils, okay the opposite ruler, the demon, which is the devil, was destroyed at the cross. he was put to naught at the cross and he was paraded in the spirit realm to be seen openly and if the king is there, all the army of the king is also there so. The, the opposite ruler that was defeated, he and his army has been paraded they have been declared to be of useless okay? eunuchs and made useless they are declared to be useless, powerless and that victory parade has been taken and in that thing what happened was, the old man that was in us, or should I say, the old man that was living in this body, before I came into this body, that man died with Christ, that man was a servant of Satan But that man is not anymore. This man now in this body is a new man. We have come from above. So you have to let the old man die. So in the coming session we will see funeral of the old man. We need to have a funeral of the old man. Put to death forever that old man that existed in this body. And now start realizing who you are in Christ Jesus. So as we know those things, things will change for us. Because once you know who you are, You will start having expectation in line with who you are. So let us close with prayer. Father, we thank you for the truth that we have seen this day. We also thank you for the picture, the revelation, the vision that you showed. Father, we acknowledge that the Lion of Judah has reigned and he has triumphed and he has destroyed the deceiver who was masquerading as a lion. But he is not a lion anymore. And you expect us to rise as lions and roar as the true lions which are the sons of Judah which is the sons of the Lion of Judah, to come into a true destiny. Father, we thank you that as we have decreed in your name earlier, that there is a breakthrough, breakthrough in each of our lives, that the things that afflicted us, that held us back in the past, no more they are going to hold us again, Father God. We thank you that we are stepping into our destiny as manifested sons of God, as sons of the Father who is light, as sons of life having no death, as sons of the resurrected Jesus Christ, brothers of the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we just ask, according to as Paul prays, I pray for all of us that the eyes of our heart, the very core imagination, Father God, of our heart, let it be enlightened, let the light of God's truth, let the light of God's word come and show to us what has been done in Christ Jesus, how the old man is dead and the new man has come into existence, and that this new man is the same as Jesus Christ, that the new man is Christ. Father, we give you glory for all things. We believe that the word of God is power and we believe that Satan has been exposed today as having uselessness. He is powerless and his deception is broken from over us because the word of God has triumphed. The Lord has triumphed. And we believe that as we grow in these things, every stronghold that we may have, that is not of few, that will be demolished and a new stronghold of the word of God will be established in our lives, Father God. We just thank you, Father. Right now, Father, we just thank you and we release your presence in this place by acknowledging that you are already here. That you are here in every atom, every everything, everything, all things, Father God. You fill all things with yourself. Christ fills all things and he is all. And we are living, moving and having our being in you, Father. We just thank you, Father God. We ask for revelations and encounters, Father. As Jesus was mentored by heaven, We also open ourselves to be mentored by you, mentored by heavens, Father God. We receive all the assistance that you want to give us, the assistance of angels, the assistance of saints, whatever it is, to propel us and and, and what should I say, to propel us in the right direction of our destiny, Father God, that we would be, our feet will walk in the right path and we thank you that in the path of the righteousness there is no death, that in the path of the righteous there is only resurrection life, life and immortality, because the sufferings of the Messiah are followed by the glory of the Messiah. Because we have suffered, now we are stepping into glory. He has brought the sons into glory. Thank you Lord that honor and glory have been given to us. And thank you that we are stepping out now. By faith we are stepping out now. And we will be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Who has no, incorru- who has no corruption in him. Because his body suffered no corruption. Therefore Father, right now we agree with your word. That by the preaching of the gospel we have life and incorruption. And we bring our bodies before you, Father God. And we agree with you that these bodies shall not be corrupted. That every trace, every trace symptom of sickness, disease, death, decay, aging. You are illegal in these bodies. In Jesus name we tell you, you are a lie and you will go. You will manifest yourself no more and the life which is Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is alive in us. Lord Jesus, we just ask you and we just yield our bodies to you because Romans says yield yourselves members uh, yield your members as servants of righteousness and you are that righteousness and righteousness is life. We bring every part of our body in subjection to righteousness that life may reign in these bodies. That by grace eternal life will reign in these bodies. Thank you Lord. We believe it. We see light flooding our bodies that Every cell is being flooded with light and life and sickness and disease has no place in our midst. Thank you, Lord. This is true that sickness and disease has been taken away, that by the stripes of Jesus Christ we have been healed and increase and abundance is our portion. Poverty is not our portion. We agree with you that because Jesus became poor, we have become rich. And thank you, Father, that all things are met, all our needs are met because of your grace. I also speak favor over this family, Father God, because your word says even the enemy is at peace with people whom you are pleased with, Father. Thank you that faith pleases you. By faith in Jesus, they are pleasing in your sight. Therefore, they have favor with everyone. This family, Sister Bindu and we, we have favor in your sight, Father God. And we agree that whoever looks upon us, looks upon us with favor. And God, thank you that your favor opens doors that no man can shut. Right doors are opened. And we agree, what is not of you, let it be shut down, that no one can open it, Father God. Let ungodly connections be cut off, severed off, Father God. But right destiny, the people you have ordained to walk with us in this destiny, let them come and join us, Father God. We just surrender to your will because your will is perfect and you have the perfect plans, Father God. Father, I just thank you for all things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.